Focus on Creative podcast, where we hear from creative experts, influencers, dreamers, and doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond, and create. Hey, welcome back for another episode of the podcast. This is Rich Langton, in case you're new here. There's a community of listeners and people who are entering into this journey of trying to mix creativity with faith and uh, seeing where God takes us, I guess. So if you're new, I'd love to encourage you to subscribe. And if you've been with us for a long time, I'd love to encourage you to consider sharing the podcast with your friends, perhaps your church team, your worship team, your creative team. And um, you can do that, obviously, online um, through your social medias or write us a review on iTunes. It'd be fun to see what you think, and uh, it's always helpful for visibility of the podcast and for helping others to find it and to know what it's all about. Before we get into today's interview, let me encourage you to stick around right to the end because we've been answering questions, your questions, about creativity, about creative leadership, leading teams, worship leading, and all of that good stuff. And today we've taken a little bit of extra time to do that so we can answer a bunch more questions. So stick around to the end. I hope it's really helpful and we're getting really good feedback on those answers and on the questions. So stick around for that. Today's interview is with Leanne Thomas, who is an artist from our city campus here in Sydney. Leanne and her husband have been part of our church for decades, literally years and years. And over that time, Leanne has been developing her skills as a professional artist. You'll hear in the interview that she started off as a graphic designer, but over the years developed into a painter. The thing about Leanne is that she's quietly spoken, she's a quiet achiever. For example, I saw her her paintings, I've known of her paintings for a long time, and my wife Cass, she she actually has admired these paintings because they're so beautiful. I thought one time for a birthday present I'd get Cass a painting, and so I looked into it and discovered that actually I couldn't afford one of Leanne's paintings because they're actually uh, highly sought after. She has such a growing following of her paintings. So you may not have heard of her, but if you look up her paintings, you'll discover that she really has a unique gift and talent. So I hope you really enjoy this interview with Leanne. Let's jump straight into it. Okay, hi, welcome Leanne. Hi Hannah. How, How are, are you? Good, I'm good. And can you tell us a little bit, well, let's tell people mm-hmm. first, just in case anyone's meeting you for the first time tonight. Mm-hmm. You are an artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a married woman. Yep. I'm married, I've been married for tw- almost 25 years. Yes. Two children, yes. a girl who's 21 and a boy who's 18. Uh, I've been in the church for 30 years. That's basically when I got saved. So what else? I've been an artist, uh, painter for 14 years, but I was a graphic designer before that. So, yeah. So cool. The first thing I was kind of wondering about is there's probably a lot of people in the room tonight who have their art, the thing that they do, as their hobby or something that they're passionate about, maybe something that they dream about doing more of. But for you, at some point, it went from being something you do on the side, I'm guessing, to something that was more, is more serious slash your work. Uh, What changed for you? Like, how did that transition happen? Um, It's been a gradual journey, really. I've always been creative, so I've always wanted to make stuff, basically, as a kid. I was a kid in the backyard that was drawing while everyone else was doing acrobats or whatever, climbing trees. So it's always been there. It's always been something that I've needed to kind of outwork and do to feel fulfilled in a way, whether I've thought about Mm. that from a conscious level or not. It's like I've needed to do it. Um, and I enjoy doing it. It makes me happy. 
So, yeah, it's just been a journey from that place. I went through school and then at that point I probably would have loved to have been a painter. I probably would have loved to do what I'm doing now. But basically, you know, parents and even me sort of think, well, I've got to earn a living. So I probably am not going to do that straight out of school and I need to get a job. So I did go after a creative um, job though. So I went and studied graphic design for three years at university and then I moved to the city because I'm originally from the country and just started working in advertising agencies, cosmetic industry and then fashion industry, a lot of advertising jobs, freelance publishing jobs, things like that. And then got married and had children and then I left that sort of world. I actually did think I'd go back into it but I just found it all too hard to juggle. So I was an at-home mum and I loved that. And I was sort of in that time searching, God, what's next? You know, I've got to be creative, I've got to do something. But it was really a time and a season where I had to just sort of settle and just go, I'm in a mum season, it's a gift. I need to explore that gift and be in the moment. So it was a bit of a wrestle time because I still felt that need to really outwork the creativity in some way. But I was doing that as a mum now. But little by little, I just remember one day, and this was the big change for me, was that my husband Joe came home, he had this bag of fruit, but it wasn't just any bag of fruit, it was all this interesting sort of different Asian fruits and and things that he'd sort of found at the store. And I just looked at it and went, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful, I have to draw it. So I got out my coloured pencils, cleared the dining room table, and then from that point just started to draw. And then the drawings got bigger and more intricate. And so baby sleep time sort of equaled my drawing time. And then I started going in exhibitions. And then when the kids were sort of little, Bella had, Bella had just started school, but then I went back and studied for three years and did oil painting. And it was like an old master technique, so... Beautiful sound principles. Uh, so yeah. if there's anyone in the room right now who's maybe never seen any of your work before, could you, like, describe it in short? Like, what's your style? What's my style? Well, I learnt uh, it's sort of an ancient, well, not ancient, but an old practice of, you know, how Rembrandt and Da Vinci, um, even Michelangelo, how they used to paint. So it's all done in layers and it's a very slow process. It's a, it's a beautiful process. It kind of sits with who I am. Um, I like the slowness of it. I like the meditative sort of process and, and the way that it is. So I, I love the process. It, it allows me to get the result that I want. So I can imagine something and then I can make it happen. So for me at the moment, I do paint flowers, but I think I could kind of paint anything. I just needed something that I could tell a story through. You know, I like flowers, but you know, um, I could kind of paint anything, but I just want to, I guess, express a message and express my faith through something. And it just happens to be flowers. I remember, so I am a musician growing up. I play guitar, played in bands. And um, one of the things that always used to spin me out was like people would always ask you to do things for free. But it raises this like question in my mind because I remember growing up feeling like, okay, could this be something? Could this be something I could do with my life? But not everyone sees it that way. So you've got maybe your parents or 
um, influential voices in your life saying you need it needs to look like this and maybe friends saying it needs to look like that and I'm kind of wondering for you like I don't know if it's similar um, when it comes to painting but like you're, you're wrestling with is this something or is this yeah. nothing? Well at the end of the day I sort of sit there and go, at the end of the day, I'm just putting paint on canvas. Right. What's, what's the meaning with yeah. that? But I guess we could all do that, whatever we do, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I think, I mean, you have to work to live. So it's not always going to be, you know, you can enter a creative career straight away. You might have to work your way and meander your way into um, whatever that's going to look like. And and I guess if you're, as you go in on the journey, you're placing more and more value on what you do. So you're not going to have as much time to do all the sort of these little things. And, and I guess, yeah, you've just got to realise there's value on it. So how do you do it? Like if someone's sitting at home, they're trying to write songs or they're trying to develop their craft, do you have any like tips or wisdom how do you make this something? How do you make, create value out of? You have to you have to hone the gift. If there's if you've been given something that you know it's a gift on your life, you know as God has put it there. Um, yeah, you have to hone it. You have to build skill and muscle around it because it's going to start very messy. Yeah. It's going to start as this little seed that you have in your hand, and you go, I kind of like doing this. I really like doing, it and I want to do it. But it needs to have, it needs to be built. Mm-hmm. And that, take, that could take a lifetime. I feel like I'm this far on the journey when, you know, I've come this far. But it's, it's like when I first started out, it was, it was me. Okay, I'd done the drawing bit. I went into the, the painting side of things. And before I went to the, the studio school, I was making this big grey mess. I could see in my head what I wanted to make but I couldn't get it out. It was just a mess. But I didn't have any skill, so I didn't know how to mix paint. I didn't know that you could paint in layers. I didn't know that there was these age-old techniques that you could follow that would help you outwork something. But learning all of that, I felt like I could imagine something and then make it. And that's freedom. So I think you've got to build muscle around it. It takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. You learn music. It's it's a lifetime pursuit. If you if you get stuck in your creative process like what is the what are the main contributors to you kind of getting in a in a place where you're like oh this isn't it's neither productive nor good for me to be in that headspace or to I just have to change where I am. Yeah. I have to, I'm a really visual person, yeah. so I have to get out of the house. I might just have a day where I just even go to galleries or I just go look at other people's work or I just go to a park or I just watch the sunset or the sunrise or, or something to just kind of reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it all comes back to, I think, spending time with Jesus because yeah. ultimately that's where my inspiration comes from. Yeah. And I think as a creative, how can we not go to that place that feeds us, refines us? Uh, It's just everything. Yeah. So if you had, but if you had an like evil voice, this probably sounds so bad, but like an evil voice inside of you that was going to like take you out in this creative process or a whisper in your ear going, what are the kind of things that could get you if you didn't? It's always, I think it's always 
I mean, for me, probably comparison. So you you look at where other people are, mm. you know, and there's this whole thing in the art world of early career, mid-career, late-career artists, and you think, well, where am I on that? I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. But um, so you, you can compare, but gosh, I think... I'm just learning not to do that, not to even go there. So the thoughts that used to take me out years ago yeah. that would just wind me out yeah. no longer you seem to be there. You, you get better at it. Mm -hmm. And you just, as soon as that thought comes, you've got to just take it out. Mm -hmm. Take it out, replace it with something else. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, cool. it's a battlefield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're the victors. Could you name, like, a person or a two people that have been like maybe your biggest encouragers or people that you can look back along your journey so far and go, that voice in my life made a big difference? So many. Just being part of the church. I mean, mm. I, I don't know, just having friendships that are meaningful and deep and they know and you know that they want the best for you. I mean, they're like family and close friends. Um, there's definitely been mentors along the way. So there's an artist um, who I met through a friend who I'd always admired from afar. And I remember seeing her work in the Art Gallery of New South Wales when she'd been in a drawing prize. And, and I looked at this artwork and it was just so beautiful. It was just these clouds, but it was very misty and, and, and stunning. And it just had the most beautiful title. And I can't remember what it was, but I thought this woman must be a Christian. She knows God, obviously. Um, and, then, and then sort of years later, I met her through a friend and it turns out, yeah, she's a beautiful Christian. And, and so she's been very encouraging. And, you know, she's out in the art world doing her thing. Um, and that's been good to learn from as well and how you do that and navigate that. Is your um, husband creative? Is he an artist? He would say not at all. Okay. <laughs> he, he's a, a doctor. So basically, I work on the right side of the brain and he works on the left and we it's sort of meet in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So that's that's definitely been a learning curve in itself, is yeah, being like, married so to someone who's completely different yeah, to you. I was going to ask that. So, what is that yeah. like? We'd have these conversations early on in our relationship where I'd, I'd ask him, it's like, can you imagine stuff? Like, imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine uh, for a second a car. And then he'd go, oh, my God. and he couldn't really do it. Not interested. And then he'd maybe get the car eventually, but then I'd say, well, change its colour now in your mind. And it's like yeah. he could not do it. And I was like, I can't believe this. Yeah. This is like, he's just different. He's conceptual. He thinks very differently. Yeah. Yeah. Imagination. Imagination. I think um, I'm going to just get one weird question. Do you think about God? When you're creating? Uh, yeah. Like, what, actually, do you know what I mean? I actually feel like I have the luxury of thinking about him all day. A lot. Because I work on my own. Mm. And, uh, I mean, often I'll have music, but it, it's very minimal. Um, it sort of just gives me a rhythm to work to, and I like a rhythm. And sometimes I just have silence, ambient noise. So, um I get plenty of time. I feel like the process is very meditative and I do get to spend a lot of time with him. And I just I just chat. You know, I chat to the Holy Spirit as well, what are we going to do next? Or what yeah. colour? Or how do I mix that colour? Or let's do it a different way? Or, And then I, what, I, I expect to hear from him. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he is an artist? Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. He's the creator. Yeah. yeah. And we're made in his image, so, yeah. Do you think sometimes we can get, like, so focused on this, like, skill that we have, mm. maybe that it's so easy to separate it from God, the creator. Yeah. Ultimate creativity. Everything started with him. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just wondering about that ability to, or that discipline of just thinking about him. I don't know. I can't separate it. Mm. I don't know how to separate it. Yeah. Because I love him and my life comes from him. Mm. So I don't know how to separate it. Mm. So I guess um, some of the questions that came up were things like the thing that would take you out, confidence and all that kind of stuff. What do you see? You know a lot of young creatives. You spend time with a lot of people and meet a, meet a lot of people even through our church. Like what do you see as like the, the common themes that people kind of get stuck on? The common thing I find yeah. in conversations with young people is, is it – okay to think like I do. I don't think right. like everyone else. Yeah. And I know we come together on a night like this and we all have an understanding and we all have a language that mm -hmm. we speak that not everyone understands. You know, I live with someone who is not that way, so sometimes he doesn't get me. <laughs> and I'm okay with it now. Yeah. Whereas I used to go, why don't you understand? Or why don't you think that way? But um, I think it's just giving people permission and, and realising... Creatives are built a certain way. We do think a certain way. There are, we're a bit quirky sometimes or we're, you know, we can be very contemplative and imaginative and we have a thin skin. But, gosh, there's so many um, positives about that as well and what you bring to the table and even what you bring to the greater church. You know, you walk in, you're... You have a sensitive heart often. Empathy is often at the top of the list of strengths. And so what you bring to the table in, a, in, in the greater church body is, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Thank you. Um, maybe, like, anything before we finish that you would want to, like, speak over people here, people who are, like, continuing to pursue their creative journey and wanting to honour God with their life and be diligent with what's in their hand and just like wisdom thoughts that come to mind? I think realise that you can mine gold out of the same old, same old, everyday, ordinary. You know, I'm doing a, um, an exhibition in November and I feel like God is saying to me, you know, I've been like, oh, what's next? What's new? What's, what are we going to do next? And I feel like he's saying, go back to the same old, same old and bring more gold out of that. And I, and I think sometimes we're always looking out there for the more. But, and sometimes I think we can actually go deeper for the more yeah. and deeper in God. And so... You know, Anne Voskamp has this beautiful saying and it's just like as, as we're in a moment, we can turn that moment into a cathedral. And I think if we bring God into our everyday ordinary, it can be beautiful and magnificent, even in the same old, same old. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that so much. I love it because at the beginning you talked about um, your all the jobs, all the different jobs that you have had and... Um, 
isn't it true that like we draw from every one of those experiences? It's so easy to just look at those things and be like, oh, it's just I'm just working as a graphic designer. I'm oh, just it's like all yeah. the dots join eventually. Yeah, you can think I'm doing this here and this here, and it doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. But in time, God joins all those dots mm-hmm. and they make sense, mm. and that's okay. Yeah, it's time. It takes time. So good. Well, we love you. We're thankful that you could come here on a Thursday night and hang out with us. So um, thanks for being here. I hope you really enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I love to listen to the way Leanne talks about her creativity, her painting, with regard to her relationship with God. They're joined, almost one in the same, where she's painting away by herself in her studio and she's meditating and praying and really communing with God as she paints. I think it's actually something special that she has developed over a long period of time and something that we can all probably take away and and develop in our own creativity. But I don't know about you, if you are feeling like um, maybe you're in a rut or maybe you're struggling along, Leanne talked about maybe going back to the basics and not just trying to find the new all the time and trying to explore the new thing that might be happening, but instead going back to the basics and just doing what might seem really ordinary, but doing it again and re-exploring maybe that basic same thing again. I think the thing about Leanne is that she's learnt the power of time and of investing time in her craft, in her relationship with God, and in just allowing God to utilise the time she has, the days, the weeks, the years, to get better and even just to help her go forward as a person. So I hope we can all take that away. I hope we can utilise the days we have and not think we've got to always be rushing forward onto the new. Anyways, changing gears, let's answer some of your questions. Hey, so we've been asked a question from The Resounding. Hi, guys. Um, The question is, how does a creative leader encourage creativity amongst their team members? So I thought, who better to ask this question but to our team leader, our global creative pastor, Cass Langton. Hi, Cass. Hi, Rich. (laughs) Um, And so I've invited her here to answer that question. How does a creative leader encourage creativity within or amongst their leaders? Um, Sorry, their team. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think there's a whole lot of ways that you can actually do that in a team. I think you have to create a permission environment and a permission culture where you're allowed to imagine and dream and bring creative expression, Mm. which means that there's got to be room for failure, hey? So every creative idea is a risk and it takes um, some courage to bring it Mm. and some courage to execute. So I think that would be my first place to start with. I think as a creative leader, you can actually stir it in people. You actually have to help them to imagine what's in them, to Mm. call it out of them, and then to help find a fit for it in the team. I think for us, lots of things that we've learned is it's all about who you collaborate and who you dream with. So building safe environments and great work teams. Mm. If we have a bunch of dreamers but no doers, those ideas are going to sit in a room (laughs) (laughs) and have, right? Um, But if we put executors and project managers and people who can drive deadlines and budgets and everything else around them, then we are more likely to see creativity come to pass Mm. in our team. Mm. And so is it about using the creativity so you inspire it, but then you've got to use it? Yeah, of course you do. And I, but 
it's got to be good enough to be used. Mm. So then I think you as the leader have to decide where things can fit at what levels of evolution in the process they're at. So if they're embryonic ideas and they're not very good creatively, maybe there's a real safe space to try that. Mm. So for us, things like Team Night give us a great forum for experimenting and trying. Things like um, foyers on a Sunday great place for new band and new team to actually busk if you want to on a weekend or in the green rooms for people to actually speak or bring ideas. Mm. That's great. And so then how do you set those new people up with their creativity not to fail? Look, I I think to start with, you're honest. So if it's a bad idea, you actually have to tell them to start with that it's a bad idea and it's not going to go anywhere. Mm. Um, And then I think it takes coaching through the process. So often you want people to come ready-made and people don't come ready-made. So there is a lot of hand-holding early on Mm. with releasing new people into creative areas. For us, new creative producers come through. We partner them with seasoned creative producers. Mm. Um, We let them take little pieces of the project before we give them things to run with by themselves. Mm. So I think there's a lot of coaching a lot of empowering, mentoring, leading and feedback. Mm. You said something about um, having a whole bunch of ideas people and right. no doers. When you look at the team, do you think about people in, in terms of those sorts of, um, not categories, but skill sets? Yeah, of course. Um, I think for me, if I've got to come up with some ideas for something, like somebody's raised something, what could we do here? Yeah. I'll often go, oh, I've been in a room with that person, she's had great ideas, or that pe- person naturally brings ideas. And sometimes I'll just shoot out a group, a group text and go, okay, what could we do for this? Mm. And watch who responds. Yeah. And the people who respond then become my go-tos for mm. ideas and inspiration. I watch people who are always talking about watching things on YouTube or reading in a magazine or being on Pinterest. And, and generally they're great ideas gatherers. Mm. Then if I want to actually execute, a lot of those people are going to fall to the wayside and yeah. other people are going to rise up with different skill sets. Mm. And so then you would deal with a whole different group of people for that who have communication skills and budget skills right. and planning and timelining and mm. problem solving. Mm. So One last question on that. I feel like um, I've watched you even invite people who are not necessarily, who wouldn't see themselves as creative or right. like aren't necessarily part of the team, but you, you've invited them, actually gone and sought them to right. be an ideas person. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I guess I have a concept that Jesus architected a team. Like he was the ultimate in going and finding who he wanted in his team and he he called by name people. Mm. And I think people are looking for us to actually go and invite them into spaces. Mm. And so we get to architect teams that we want. I think with creativity, you're always looking for new and fresh. And if you use the same team you use every week, it gets stale. Mm. But bringing one or two new ideas, people in just sparks a whole lot of ideas. Mm. So one of my favourite days last year was... um, we well, might have been the start of this year, we had a day in the office where we just literally stopped work and everybody, <laughs> ideas people, executors, dreamers, doers, whoever they were, we all got together and just talked about the year mm. and everybody started with one thing that they've been watching and one idea. Like, And you watched everybody be able to contribute creatively to the table mm. and that was fun. Mm. It's great. So the resounding, I hope that helps and I hope as you're looking for create creativity and creative team members and encouraging that, that you can use some of those Tips and keys. Cool. This is a fantastic question from Sophia. How do you create platforms for every single different creative expression that you might want to in the life of church? I don't know that we have to, actually. 
is the honest truth because I think that the truth is the church is there to build the kingdom, to make Jesus known. It's not there to create a platform for every different artistic expression and for people to feel like they're being used. It would be great if people can bring what they're able to and contribute to church, but the honest truth is if they're looking for us to um, create a platform for them, probably Mm. they're looking for the wrong thing. Mm. I would love it if in our team, people just got about doing what they were called to do, what God's Mm. put in their hand, and then as a result, when we want to tell stories, when we want to use people's different expression, then you have people ready-made who are actually already doing things that you can pull in Mm. to the picture. So last night in um, South Africa, they launched Team Night for the Year, and Mandy, who is our creative pastor there, has a real um, heart for a church that builds a nation is Mm. what they talk about their church. But as a result, creativity isn't at the forefront of South Africa. Mm -hmm. And so she goes, I think we have to infiltrate the arts and we have to get the arts um, reflecting God's glory. Mm. So she pulled in, invited by name, a whole lot of different um, key influences in the creative world in South Africa, Mm. and they ran a marketplace in Mm. their foyer for an hour and a half last night, top designers, um, coffee, Uh, foodies, all sorts of people bought their wares and started to show what they were doing out there. Mm. Now, we can't use half of that in the church, but there is a place for us to champion them and what they're doing in order that they might influence culture. Mm. And I think that's probably a really lovely place to start with. And then there's a practical side. Like, Mm. So for us, um, we have started to look at different artistic expressions that can find their fit in church. So we do need graphic designers when it comes to our sites on the weekend or right. flyers or all those sort of things. We do need photographers to help tell the story of Sundays but also to capture images mm. for digital. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a natural place for those sort of people mm. and we build teams like that mm. because we know we'll use them. Mm. For us, we're not very good at acting <laughs> and so there's not a lot of scope for actors. If I build this team with false hope that we're going to use them, we will just frustrate people. Mm. So I would much rather get actors in, um, commission them to go out into the world and be actors mm. and then maybe let them serve in pastoral roles on a Sunday or in other ways in our team mm. in order to not overpromise and underdeliver. Mm. Um, I think something you've touched on there was that you get them in, as in you still, right. so our creative team is open to all creatives and then I guess the the way they serve might be through some, right. through a pastoral element or something. We'll find a place for them, but that creative expression might it might be during the week that they utilise that. 100%. But I think there's a real place for us to create community. That's where people yeah. belong. They don't belong because of a gift. They belong because of who they are. Mm. Now, like attracts like. Mm. So hopefully in a creative community, people will find their fit. Mm. So last week we had a guy come in and he's an actor from the industry in Hollywood. And he came to team night on Thursday night and went, oh, look, my people. Yes. Because similar spirit. Mm. We're after the same thing. Mm. He probably won't do anything to serve in team in his professional field, but he will belong with us whenever we gather on a Thursday night and we will commit to praying for him, championing him, loving him and helping him to find people. Yeah. So, Sophia, I hope that um, as you try to find places and expressions for all of your creative or all all forms of creative... Oh, Cass has got something else to say. I was just going to say to Sophia, get creative though. 
Like actually, um, so for us, like she's my stock stand example, but Brie Crocker, I was mm. going to talk about her salted caramels. Right. But I think we've got girls in teams who are gifted at baking and cake making and all sorts of stuff. So when we have a celebration, let's call them. Mm. Um, let's actually think strategically about where those things can fit without having to build a massive um, industry <laughs> around people finding where their gifts find expression in church. Yeah. So, Sophia, thanks for the question. Really hope it helps. Next one. Ready? Yep. What are some real tangible, practical things that you've done in the last 12 months to encourage collaboration and creativity? Oh, I love that question. Um, Because that's that's easy, right? I think that um, as a department, we've made some good changes recently that I think have sparked collaboration in our team like we've never seen before. We um, had a workspace problem. We had too small a space for our team and so we had to move downstairs into the kids' area and we went with an open plan office area, Mm. which there was a lot of resistance to in the beginning. Our team was all used to working in their own offices and getting behind closed doors. But we've created a really fun space and I wonder if we could upload some photos to our (laughs) Instagram account or something. But we have small office rooms for collaboration that are named after the Beatles. We've got um, a big boardroom called Sasha Fierce. We've got cubby holes on one side of the room. We've got these big open spaces that we have. And I think we have started to watch our team talk across department and actually begin to transfer information and ask questions of each other and collaborate around ideas more than we've ever seen it before. Mm. Started some simple things, Friday morning breakfasts and first Fridays where we throw out an idea and all dream together across disciplines to solve problems in our department. I think we started things called the locker rooms at team night on a Thursday night. We were breaking our big team down into little teams and actually allowing them time to be trained, to collaborate, to dream and to bring ideas for different um, events, Sundays or whatever they have in their hand. So, for example, our photographers get up in the roof and try to find different camera angles for our venue on a Sunday in their locker rooms or they get experts and industry guys in to come and train them on using iPhones for photography or how to use different Canon lenses. Mm. And I think some of that stuff has been really useful. Mm. We've gotten good at going, what spaces do we need to create? Mm. So this week in LA we've been creating a studio where we can actually write songs because that's a need we have Mm. and finding ways to facilitate creativity differently. Mm. So there's lots of practical ways we can encourage collaboration. Mm -hmm. Some of them have to do even just with the space that you're in, making it an environment that's conducive to that and feels nice and is um, a space people want to be in. The other side is, I guess, which you talked about is having the right people in the space. And so pushing people to be... um, in, in a space together that maybe perhaps wouldn't normally be. Right. So the worship leaders with the production people, with the creative moments people, right. et cetera, et cetera, all brainstorming around right. um, Father's Day or whatever the event might be. But I think Which, that's true too. That mm. is. And we've been setting up some fun workshops, hey, like where we've got dancers and photographers working together mm. and there's no agenda, just that at the end of an hour they'll come up with something that they can showcase next week. Mm. And that's fun to put different people in a room together who don't normally sit together Mm. and seeing what comes of it. Yeah, because oftentimes um, creating breeds more creation and ideas breed ideas. So if you can get the ball rolling, it's harder to get it rolling than it is to keep the momentum of it going. 
I was talking today to one of our um, storytellers slash filmmakers and he said over the last couple of weeks he's been working across cultures. So he's been working with our filmmakers in Germany and Sweden and hmm. like all sorts of different places, but connecting them to each other has actually sparked incredible conversations. Hmm. And he went, he didn't think by initiating relationship that it would spark such creativity. Hmm. But I think often all it takes is for us to think, who do I know that should know each other? And then just move out of the way and see what comes of that. That's mm. fun. Yeah. It's really inspiring to um, think about how to create creativity and an environment of creativity yeah. and inspiration. Um, so thank you for the question. And we really appreciate you taking the time to ask it. Hey, so I'm here with Orts Autumn Hardman, and um, we've got a question from Doyle. The question is this. How do you effectively bring someone onto your team that has a different creative process than you? It's an interesting question. I think that for us, um, where Orts might fit into this and answer this well, is probably when it comes to uh, musicianship and even a creative sound. Because I think it could be, you could apply what the way you'd approach that to a creative process. Um, so for us... Um, I guess people would know our music, they would know the sort of the Hillsong sound. And as a musician, um, you can't just come into the team and expect to just do your thing. Yes. Um, how, how do we approach that? How do we communicate that to, to that musician? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. I think it comes down to uh, when, we, when we bring our gifts to the church, we're actually coming to serve. Mm. And so we bring what we have and then we like submit it to whatever serves, and uh, there there may be things that you bring that don't get used, mm. and that's okay. Mm. Um, and uh, w- the way that we would approach it specifically with being a musician would be we've got a very specific sound and a mm. brand, and and so then when I say if I was a jazz musician and I come to church, if I play the style of jazz in church, even mm. though maybe that's what I love, it's not going to fit. It's going to be distracting. It's mm. not actually because the whole purpose of what we bring as a team is unity mm. and one sound and everyone playing their part. And so quite obviously that style doesn't fit. So what we would tell musicians is going, look, if you're a shredder, like go for it. But maybe when you come to church, we just need you to play the parts of the songs. Mm. We know that you're capable. We know that you're able, mm. but this is what we're looking for you to do. And mm. this is these are the sounds that we're looking for you to play. Um, Michael Chislett and Ben Tenikoff and some of those guys work really hard to craft some of the sounds. And so we share them and, or, and we try to replicate them. And it's not a, oh, but I like this one better. It's kind of the process of this is how the song was created and we submit to that. It's like if someone was leading Cornerstone, they wouldn't just lead their own version. Mm. They lead the melody because right. it's established. And so quite simply, we bring we bring kind of our backpack of gifts that we have mm. and we submit it and I go, okay, well, what's required for this mm. service? Okay, a piano sound is what's required. A, this synth sound is what's required for this mm. song. And that's how I best serve. Mm. And then outworking kind of into creative process and management, everyone's got different ways of how they think through things and arrive at different conclusions. Mm. And I think so long as we can encourage people 
to um, have the same outcome as us. Mm. The way that we get there is very different. The way that my husband, JP, processes getting to a decision and me arriving at the same decision is very different. Mm. But so long as we can work out a great way, Mm. we don't want to create clones in church. Mm. We Mm. don't want to say that everyone's got to be exactly the same. As a team, we do encourage diversity, Mm. but not at the expense of a division Mm. or unity. There's someone that's obviously sticking out like a sore thumb. We Mm. would have a conversation about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if there's an element of there's the person and what they're bringing and then there's the leadership aspect too of yes. being confident as a leader, confident enough to hear what the person has to offer, if that makes sense. So so in a creative process, if, if um, like you said, JP, your husband, he thinks differently, um, sometimes it takes courage as a leader to actually listen to that person's perspective 100%. and how they see it yes. and not be... Um, not be put off by the fact that they're different. They're they're not saying you're bad or that you've got it wrong. And vice versa, I feel like just because you're the leader doesn't mean that you've got it all all right. Um, And so I wonder if having confidence in your position under God as the leader, you can maybe listen to the person's different creative process and perhaps it might even inform the way forward. I find it so, so it's so easy to have already thought through something, to know where you want to be, to work out all the steps to get there, and then to not even want to hear yes. anybody else's opinion because you already know where you want to be. <laughs> and you're like, I'm the leader, I should just go there. But in actual fact, the better way might be to um, to listen to the person. Totally. And then if if you're the person, the thing might be, and I think um, in our um, musicians sort of, example, the thing might be to be faithful and serve and wait for the opportunity for your for your voice to be heard 100%. rather than just trying to push your creative process onto the existing leader. Yeah. Um, and and also we have environments for creativity. So I think within right. our church um we have times where we're workshopping a song mm-hmm. and that's your time if you're invited into that space yeah. to bring new sounds right. and to experiment. Mm-hmm. We don't experiment. We wouldn't experiment with sounds on the weekend. That's the time where right. actually people are listening. Right. Um, and so there's times where the creative process is allowed for mm-hmm. whoever's in the room. Mm-hmm. And even the same thing with management. We we do, you guys have um, started something called First Fridays where we bring a whole bunch of leaders into the office and mm-hmm. actually kind of deconstruct and have open and honest conversations where we listen to everyone's different perspective on a topic and it's really helpful but it's contained to that it's contained to that that time if throughout the week all of your leaders are just spouting out what they think to you and Cass it's not necessarily a helpful environment but we've established that there's some forums Mm. that you can come and express you can dream about anything Mm. there's no bad idea and I feel like that's really helpful to Mm. go hey, we need you to stick within these guidelines, mm. but we will allow, you know, there's specific areas and times where you guys can just dream and, mm. you know, the sky's the limit. Mm. And that's, I think, really helped contribute towards our creative process as a team. Mm. Yeah. And one last thought on that. I think that it does help to have an agreed creative process to be all working towards, um, to know where you're working towards and the steps to get there. And so as the leader, um, whether that's, Molding your process to what what others you know bring, or whether that's just something that you bring yourself. Agreeing on that and knowing what that is and working together on that really helps because um, otherwise you'll have the musicians working to one process and the um, the creative technology guys or the production guys working to another, and then the TV film people working to another, and then none of your none of your steps line up, and then you're just frustrating mm. each other. And so 
yeah, having some sort of process, even if it's really simple, it does really help. And so uh, in the end, we know that God blesses unity. So having unity around the creative process is going to help. Oh, can I say one more thing on that as well? In creativity, everything is subjective. Yeah. So there's no one right way to do anything. Mm. So if you're the leader, you think your way is right, but it's not necessarily, who's to say that someone else's way isn't right? So one of the things that I love about uh, how you guys lead our team is the the blessing is in submission. So it's not necessarily as in whose idea it is that let's just stick to one idea and let's stick to one process. Mm. So if it's what you and Cass um, set out, then the blessing isn't in whether I fight for my idea. Mm. The blessing is that we all work together on that one process. Mm. I think that can really help creatives because everyone has their own way, but the blessing is actually in just submitting and working together. Yeah. So Doyle, I hope that answers your question and that you'll be able to get your creative process humming. Well, that's it for today's episode. I really hope you've enjoyed it. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do that pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even YouTube. We'd also like to hear from you too. So if you have a comment, you can do that on our Instagram, which is at HillsongWCC, and we'll see you next time. 